Welcome back, casuals, to episode seven of the Jeb Board Podcast. It's Grayson Applin here again in Atlanta. Uh, kind of in turmoil right now with the Braves playing four miles up the road, being down three to nothing. Um, there may be some bad things said on this podcast uh, for the first time in our seven-episode history. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I apologize uh, in advance. Alongside with me is, as always, it's the Lumberjack Nick Noah, Cheese Brain Kyle Oberhart. 28 to 3 denier, Brandon Black, and Bounty Gate was just a way for them to play harder. Caleb Naylor. Guys, how we doing? Woo. Pretty good. Pretty good. Razor yeah. losing. It's great. Nah, I hate you, Kyle, so much. <laughs> I, I, we ball. <laughs> I cannot tell y'all right now. Like, I am going to go commit war crimes. If the Braves lose, I'm going to go to Truist Park and I'm going to find the Phillies. Or I'm going to find. Don't the don't let these guys make you feel bad. They talk so much crap to me about the Brewers. They deserve this. Every single one of them. Hey, Kyle, happy. Especially uh... BB. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing this. Look, you're not seeing me out. Raising just as bad. <laughs> no, no. I, I just I just I just instigate a lot. <laughs> Go red. <laughs> Shut up, Nick. <laughs> Go weds. <laughs> couldn't even pick a. Couldn't even pick a uh, actual mascot. So they had to pick a color. <laughs> what what team do we want to be? Oh, well, our jerseys are red. No, let's just go with that. <laughs> all right. I guess we'll kick things off with fantasy football, like football. we all went to football. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, kick things off with fantasy football this week. Uh, we'll go straight into our best and worst matchups this week. Um, there was some shockers in fantasy football for sure. Um, also, shockers, I know, in our league as well. Uh, the fact that Hayes is second leading point scorer in the league right now is kind of scary. Um, I don't know if that's sheer luck or football knowledge, but I'm sure he'll tell us about it tomorrow when the scores are posted. So... But going into that, we'll start off with our best and worst matchups of the week. Uh, so, as always, our cheese brain Kyle will start us off with his best and worst of the week. Yeah, so um, my best matchup, I got Metcalf. He always has a game every season where he just goes off. Cincinnati's defense has not impressed me. I think this is the one he does it. I'm hoping for big gains, but we shall see. I think this is going to be the game. Uh, worst... I'm going to get a lot of crap from someone with curly hair in our group chat. But it's going to be uh, Ford playing against San Francisco. I don't care who you are as a running back. You are not doing good against San Francisco's defense. They are stout. And they are not letting you get any yards. So I'm sorry, Ford, but good luck. Um, A guy guy I didn't get a touchdown yesterday. Uh, 15 points. Yeah. Hey, BB, what'd you finish yesterday? I don't know. I haven't opened up. You're playing me, BB. <laughs> it's not good. I promise. Yeah. Well, just just wait till BB Jerry rigs one of these trades. And he <laughs> like actually. Yeah, yeah he's going to force trade everything now. 
What was that? What was that? Uh, Moody, a uh, Moody for McCaffrey trade or whatever? No, it was <laughs> Moody for Devonte Adams. <laughs> He's like, wouldn't it be funny if you have all the 49ers team? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Accept it. <laughs> I tried to. Yeah. I tried to make a trade for Moody. Like, uh, so I tried to make a trade for Moody with Stephon Diggs and Rashad White bundled into it, and this guy would not give up Moody. Yeah, like, I'm the second best player in my team. You would have thought I was trying <laughs> <That's> to <laughs> pocket his wallet. Like he was, he he would not give him up. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess Caleb, that moves into your team. Already talking about it. Uh, no, you mentioned Diggs. Uh, that kind of goes in your best matchup of the week, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, Grayson. I, I'm thinking Stephon Diggs has a big game against the New York Giants. I mean, let's be honest, Giants are a dumpster fire. Um, if you've been paying attention to football at all. You know that um, Stephon Diggs, dangerous wide receiver, one of the best playing today, and he's just him and Josh Allen are just going to carve up the Giants. And for my worst, I have uh, Rashad White versus Detroit. It's not so much that I think that Rashad White is going to get beaten physically. It's more so that I think just with the way Detroit's offense plays. I think it's going to be very close. It's going to be a shootout. I think Tampa Bay is just going to have to go to the air a lot more, and it's just going to take touches away from Rashad White. Um, so that's my worst matchup, but it's no indictment on what his abilities are. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what about you for your best and worst? Uh, I got Kenneth Walker the third again. Um, he's going up against the Bengals, who are averaging or allowing an average of 154 yards a game rushing with uh over 5.5 average um uh, per attempt so kenneth walker coming off the bye week he's going to be well rested and he's just going to be ready to go and so the seahawks offense is going to be humming um so he's going to have a pretty big game then i've got darren waller versus the bills darren waller the the biggest upside is that he's their leading receiver and he has the most targets the downside is uh daniel jones um, and they're playing the Bills, and the Bills have this season averaged to tight ends three catches a game for 25 yards. And, so, and another thing to build on that, though, Nick, is uh, in addition to all the reasons you stated, they've been so desperate at the O line position that they've had to use him to block rather than actually go downfield for receptions. And that's a huge part of the reason he's not getting targeted is because they have no other options on that offensive line. So they have to pull in the tight end to help. So I think you made a good pick for worst matchup. Well, I'm currently looking on the uh, waiver wire for another tight end, um, but I'm going to hold out on now. Darren Waller, but we'll see. What'd you say, BB? I got a tight end Nick now. No. I got Hig. I got Higby. If you're interested, no. Who cares if we're yeah. talking? Who cares if we're doing? Oh, uh, let's haggle. I got Zach Ertz. <laughs> <laughs> I like me some Evan Ingram, guys. I mean, he's uh, he might be on my trade block too. Um, moving into BB, uh, who do you have for your best and worst? All right, uh, my best is going to be Kirk Cousins versus the Bears defense. Uh, the Bears have the second-worst pass defense in the league, and with uh, Dustin Jefferson and uh, Addison, mm-hmm. I think they're about to get torched. Uh, um, huh? One okay. thing, I think Jefferson might be hurt. Hamstring. I don't know. Yeah. It's a strained hamstring. But I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think it'll matter. Yeah, either. I don't think it'll matter, but just it matters for me. He made, he made uh, Jordan Love look like a good quarterback. 
Uh, my second, uh, <laughs> uh, my worst matchup would be the Dallas Goddard versus uh, the Jets defense because the Jets defense is nasty this year. Thank you, BB. Um, <laughs> guess that leads into me. Um, <laughs> uh, my my best matchup of the week is Miles Sanders against Miami. Uh, Miami kind of has one of the worst rush defenses. They're allowing 123 yards a game. The only way where I can see this being an issue is if, which this is a very possible uh, reality here, if Miami gets up big and they abandon the run game. But even then, Miles Sanders is doing a really good job of catching the ball out of the backfield. So I'm comfortable that he will score at least his projected score this week. Um, For my... Worst matchup of the week, I had to go with Keenan Allen versus Dallas. I know Dallas did not look great. Their uh, defense didn't look great. But they were they were also playing the juggernaut San Francisco 49ers. And it's really hard to look against them. So, uh, look good against them. so I think that – I don't think it's necessarily going to be Keenan Allen's fault. I think Justin Herbert's going to be pressure, uh, pressured quite a bit. And I don't think he's going to be able to see as many targets because Herbert's going to have to get out of the pocket, throw it away, maybe even take some sacks. So that's that's why I'm thinking Keenan Allen's going to have a down week compared to the weeks that he's been having. Um, now we'll go into our MVPs, and let's start off with BB for uh, our MVP, uh, or week six MVP for fantasy football this week. Let's get it out of the way. Uh, my week six MVP is going to be CeeDee Lamb. Uh, I think Dak Prescott's had his bounce back uh, uh, game after last week. <laughs> All right. Uh <laughs> Nick, who you got? Cop. Huh? Cop. Cooper Cop. No analysis, just Cooper Cop. I, I can't do an analysis right now. <laughs> okay. Caleb, Caleb, who is your week, week six MVP? Yeah, so for my week six MVP, I'm picking Josh Allen for the same reasons I had Diggs. Um, Josh Allen's just playing at an elite level, and uh, the New York Giants just don't stand a chance. Good pick. All right. Uh, Kyle, who does that leave you with your week six MVP? Yeah, I'm going with two. Uh, uh, they're playing against Carolina, and, I mean, that's what we've seen this year. Carolina's defense just isn't that good. Uh, I think two is going to have an amazing game. Him and Hill have just been connecting all year. It's going to be another one of those games. Yeah. Well, and with mine, mine I sound like a broken record right now because I'm picking Isaiah Pacheco again. Uh, but I failed to realize uh, last week when I was talking about it that this week he is playing against the Denver Broncos, which have allowed 174 yards rushing per game, and the Broncos are bad. For some reason, I like that. I'm not really sure why, but I think Pacheco is going to run angrily all over uh, the Denver Broncos. So – all right, well, moving on from the from fantasy football, let's go into the NFL. We're going back to our divisional breakdown this week, and this week we are going to do the AFC North. We're going to do the same way we did it last week with each of us kind of breaking down an individual team. So let's start off with Nick with Baltimore. What you got for Baltimore? The Ravens, they're 3-2. and two. The Ravens have had a really good start, but it just seems like 
they've lost a couple clutch moments and they lost against the Colts and they just lost against the Steelers. And both of those games, they honestly should have won, but they cost themselves, whether you blame Lamar, whether you blame the receivers, you know, at first we thought, oh, this is, this is the Ravens team. This is it. This is the good, you know, back to 2019 when Lamar won MVP, but we're kind of seeing last year's Ravens again before Lamar got hurt. You're seeing them kind of lose these clutch games and it makes you question because they had, I think, I think it was six drops by receivers last week or last night. Um, So it's kind of leaving a question of like, where, where's the offense at their defense is fine. Their defense has been fine, but their offense is still just seems, you know, lackluster. So there's some big questions and they're going to come play the Titans. So they'll have a, you know, a chance to rebound a little bit, but, and so the Ravens are just really a big question mark with their offense. So these games are going to be, you know, kind of, a big factor in the division itself. All right. Um, Kyle, let's go with you now with Pittsburgh, since you piped up and said that you felt like you'd be an unbiased opinion against Pittsburgh uh, because of Hayes. So what do you have for Pittsburgh? Yeah. So sadly their offense just isn't, isn't that good. You got Pickett at QB, which I'm not a believer. I don't think he's a good QB at all. But it, it kind of sucks because you've got a really good receiver, I believe, truthfully, in Pickens. And I could see his early years of his career getting wasted because of this. Um, but then you go into their defense, and their defense has a strong, and I mean strong, linebacker core led by TJ Watt. Um, if you look at the <clears throat> game yesterday in the second half, they had three sacks alone in the second half, which led to them being able to beat the Ravens. Uh, if their defense can hold out and keep it a low-scoring game, they're always going to have a chance. But then you start seeing some of their schedule. They got the Rams next. That's a hard one to keep low. Um, I do believe they'll get blown up by that. Jacksonville, another good offense that's going to be hard. Tennessee should be an easy win for them. And you just look down that list, and it's it's you know a few good offenses left. But their schedule's actually kind of favorable, uh, favorable because they do have a lot of weak offenses on there. So they could squeak by with nine wins if they keep them close. Yeah. Um, and I'll go ahead with mine with Cincinnati now. Um, statistically speaking, in terms of yards, the Bengals are the worst. Uh, well, they're, the Bengals' offense is the worst team in the league. They average 236 yards a game. They're only getting 166 passing yards per game. That is awful. And then they also are – they have 70 rushing yards a game. So that being – and they're second to last in points per game, which is at 12.3. Looking at their defense, not much better. They're probably – I think they're in the bottom 10, close to the bottom 10. Uh, They're – Pass, I mean, they're only allowing about 207 passing yards a game, but they're allowing 157. Um, off, offensively, there should be no reason why they're struggling. Um, I mean, you've got – Joe Burrow has shown that he can play in the past. You've got Jamar Chase. You've got Tyler Boyd. BB's going to hate me. T. Higgins. Like, you got Joe Mixon. Like, you've got guys that – 
can play ball. Like they, they're good offense players. So I'm not really sure where the disconnect is. I'm not. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know if maybe teams have figured them out and they're easy to read now. But the Bengals, the Bengals are going to have to turn it around because even in this division, just looking at this division, none of the teams really have high-powered offenses. But even so. It, they're going to be dirty games, and like just the AFC North, like I've talked about in the past, is just a dirty, nasty, physical division to play in. And they're they're not going to beat Baltimore in a dirty, nasty game. They're not going to beat Pittsburgh in a dirty, nasty game. They they, they they're not even going to beat Cleveland in a in a dirty, nasty game. So Cincinnati's future, especially this season, is not looking bright and. I would not be surprised if this year, if they have a <clears throat> five-win, six-win season, that we don't see a regime change very quickly. And then uh, Caleb and BB, I guess you guys are going to uh, tag team Cleveland. So whoever wants to start it off with that. Uh, you want to start it off, yeah. BB, or me? You got it. All righty. So I'll uh, I'll start off by saying, you know, it's a uh, – I think it's safe to say that this division uh, contains the some of the league's more inconsistent teams across the board if you're just comparing them, you know, whereas in the NFC uh, East, there's a little bit of a lopsidedness to it. Uh, you got the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles, but for, the, for this division here, I'm going to say that it's uh, for the Browns, it's not good to be the middle tier of this conference. And that's what I see them as. I see them as being the middle tier of the conference. Uh, the only team that I think they're better than is the Bengals. I mean, you know, they've, they got the brakes beat off of them by the Ravens managed to lose a very, very close one uh, against the Steelers. But I, I just don't see them doing anything. Uh, the, their only saving grace is that the Bengals are going to underperform them. So, uh well on a on a brighter note, uh I mean Cleveland has having a sleepy like sleeper team on defense. They're the top five in almost every uh, statistical category, and uh, they really they sh- honestly if Deshaun if Kyle's favorite player Deshaun Watson would have uh, not been hurt against the uh, the Ravens, uh, that game they might have would have won that game. I mean they're like like you like Grayson said it, uh, that division's just a, like a grinding of a you know dirty nasty dirty nasty that's what it was and uh i mean because like really every like that's probably the best defenses are played in that division when you think about cleveland uh pittsburgh and so but getting back to it the rest of uh, them yeah the rest of them <laughs> uh if sean watson could not turn the ball over and they can continue to run the ball with uh drum ford I think they'll be a wild card team. Okay, guys, real quick, real fast, going to pop this on y'all before we go into our actual game predictions for game six. Who y'all got in uh, the Packers and the Raiders? Just picking right now. Who do you got? Packers. 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 Cool. I'm going to keep mine to myself. No, I'm kidding. I'm picking the Raiders. Um, Well, that will segue us into our game predictions this week. Uh, Just for – Record purposes, just to see where everybody's at. Um, BB is bringing up the rear at 12 and 13. 
Uh, he follows closely behind Kyle and Caleb, at, who are both at 13 and 12. I am at 17 and 8, and then Nick is at 19 and 6. Uh, Nick was on a 15-game record. He unfortunately lost some games this week, but he was riding high for about three weeks. So, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, going into this week, uh, our games are Detroit at Tampa Bay, uh, Dallas at the Chargers, Indianapolis at the Jaguars, uh, the Vikings at the Bears, and Washington at Atlanta. So, starting with Kyle, let's go through your picks and tell me who you got for each game. Yeah, so the first one, I'm going to go with Detroit. I really like Baker Mayfield this year, but I think Detroit's offense is just too good right now to be stopped. So Detroit wins at a good shootout right there. Um, next one, Dallas versus <clears throat> Los Angeles. I got Dallas. Dallas is going to rebound after a very tough loss against the 49ers. I think their defense is going to show out this game. Give me Dallas in a pretty hefty win. Uh, next one is uh, Jacksonville against the Colts. I actually changed my pick. I was going to go with Jacksonville, but the more I thought about it, I'm going to go with the Colts. And the reason I'm going here is Jacksonville's coming back from a trip from London. You've got Mustache Mania. Love you, Garden Minshew. Uh, he's going to ball out. And you got Jonathan Taylor coming back with a second week where I see him with a lot more touches. So give me uh, the Colts in that one. And then our next one is Minnesota against Chicago. Chicago's so bad, man. They're just a disgrace. Give me Minnesota. Um, and our last one, Washington against Atlanta. I think Atlanta beats Washington. Washington's got a sneaky defense, but I don't think their offense is going to be able to do anything with Atlanta here. So, so Kyle, my my retort to that is: if the Bears are a disgrace, then what are the Vikings? Uh, Missed opportunities because they're wasted potential. I I would say it's a coaching problem who can't time manage anything. Quite potentially, and plus, I mean, I don't think that. Well, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I might, I might be thinking of another team, but I think they scored their first red zone touchdown last night. Yeah, I, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, there was some team that, that I think that was the Giant. No, Giants scored their first half touchdown last night. <laughs> <laughs> now I think the Vikings like scored their first red zone touchdown. Uh, yeah, I think it was the Vikings. I remember hearing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but All as right. BB has said, Chicago's defense made Jordan Love look like a good quarterback. So there That's, you go. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Caleb, let's go into your picks. Yeah. So heading it off, I agree with Kyle. I think Detroit and Tampa Bay is going to be a shootout. I think the Buccaneers take it home. Um, I they, they just got a really really competitive defense, and I think uh, I think it's just going to be a little too much for uh, Detroit to where bu the Buccaneers can just edge out Detroit. That's going to be a very exciting game to watch, though. Um, Dallas and the Chargers. I'm picking the Char I'm picking the Chargers in that one. You know, Dallas has kind of been on their heels lately. They got mollywopped by the Niners. I understand that. You know, I've been high on the Niners all season long so far. I don't think any team's beaten them. Um, so I'm picking the Chargers though. Just because that is the most dangerous offense. I if, if the Chargers had the Niners defense, I, I think the I think the Chargers are, you know, easily leading the way for the AFC. 
Um, so on I'm, top of Austin Eckler being out as well for the past several and, weeks. Yeah, they're doing great in spite of that. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you you got to be happy to be a Chargers fan, right, Nick? Um, yes. So with uh, Jacksonville and Indy, I'm picking Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is actually starting to click. They're finding themselves, and I don't think we're going to see the same Jacksonville that played the Texans. Um, and, uh, you know, the Texans have been hot. I'm not taking away from the Texans. But, you know, I think Jacksonville's going to win a close one against Indy, but they're going to look good while they do it. They're going to be executing very good. Indy's just got a good enough team to where I think they're going to be able to, you know, keep it close and keep running, chasing them down from behind. Um, For Minnesota and Chicago, for reasons that I'm not going to restate, Chicago stinky. I'm picking Minnesota. It, it, I'm still very disappointed with how Minnesota's looked, but I, I, I'd be a fool if I picked Chicago over Minnesota. And um, for Atlanta and Washington, I have Atlanta, especially if Desmond Ritter, like, performs the Atlanta Chainsaw Massacre like he did last week. So I'm picking Desmond Ritter and the Falcons to win it over Washington. Okay. Nick, that leads us to you. All right. First, I've got it written down here. I think Detroit Tampa Bay is going to be surprisingly low, surprisingly low scoring. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of moving up and down the field, taking time, very few explosive plays on both sides that eats up a lot of time and then results in a field goal or, you know, even a touchdown at times. But I think Detroit has the improved defense that is winning them games right now because the offense is, I mean, pretty much the same, honestly, as last year. And so with their extra weapons, I think Detroit wins it out. Um, the next I've got chargers as well. Um, obviously I'm biased, but the Cowboys are one and two in their last three games. And their biggest problem has been not protecting Dak and they're not getting their receivers involved because, you know, looking at last year, you were looking at the receiving core with Gallup, with uh, T.Y. Hilton, with obviously C.D. You know, you were looking at them as a top five receiving core, and right now you've got USA alum Jalen Tolbert playing. And so why, why? (laughs) So I think the Cowboys are sliding bad. And I think they're extremely overrated. They were relying on their defense. And now you're seeing, you know, Trayvon Diggs' absence be really felt. And they just had their other corner go down. I, I can't remember his name. I think it was Emmanuel Forbes, maybe. Yeah. Um. Well, he's out for the season. And so they're out two corners. All they've got is Stefan Gilmore and Noah Igbenogany, who is trash. So they really just have – you know, Micah Parsons and Milrow and um, Vander Esch. So they're really kind of falling apart to injury, whereas the Chargers are coming off a bye week and getting all their players back except for uh, Mike Williams and coming off a six-sack performance with Quill, uh Mack. I think the Chargers are posed to win. And then next, I've got Jacksonville beating the Colts. Um I think the Colts are a much better team, yes, but Jacksonville is going to have too many weapons and a better defense. 
So originally I put Minnesota, but hearing Kyle's confidence in Minnesota is changing to Chicago now. So I'm picking uh, the Bears. And, you know, you're talking about missed opportunities with the Vikings, yes. But at the end of the day, they have the same record and they lead the league in turnovers. Um, That's not good. And over the Bears, too, the Bears have less turnovers. And the Bears, I mean, quietly, Fields has eight touchdowns in the last two games. So I think I think the Bears have a good chance. And so I, I think they'll pull it out now that Kyle's so big on Vikings. Um, and then lastly, Atlanta and Washington. Washington kind of doing the same thing as Dallas, but they were never that good in the first place. They're sliding as well. And they, they're losing a little bit of that offensive identity. And Atlanta's kind of finding their identity. They're playing through Bijan, but they're actually able to balance it out now where, you know, they're not just going to be knowing for sure every single play is going to something for Bijan. It's balanced now. So I, I think uh, I think Atlanta will pull it out. All right. Uh BB, that leads into you. Who do you have for your picks this week? Uh, for Detroit and Tampa Bay, um, I'm going with Tampa Bay. Uh, I feel like their offensive line is going to play pretty good enough to start moving the ball against uh, Detroit's uh, defensive line. And I think uh, Tampa Bay's defense is uh, sneaky good. That I don't think people are talking about very much. Um, for Dallas and the Chargers, give me Dallas. Uh, I think they bounce back. Uh, for the Colts and Jacksonville, uh, give me Jacksonville. I do like Gardner Minshew, but I trust. I think I trust uh, Trevor Lawrence, Tank Bigsby, uh, Calvin Ridley, and crew better than I trust uh, the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota and Chicago. I'm going with Chicago. I'm riding the hot hand of uh, <clears throat> Justin. Fields. That's that's his last name. Correct. That is correct. That is correct. (laughs) And uh, yeah, he's playing on fire the past two weeks. See if he can keep it up. Uh, And lastly, uh, give me the Falcons. Uh, Desmond Ritter's 31 0 in home games since college career started. And uh, after his breakout performance last week, uh, go Birds. And we'll get in the rise up. Rise up. Yeah. And we, we will also get into that here in a little bit um, in terms of his performance. But uh, going into my picks, um, Detroit versus Tampa Bay, um, uh, I have to go with Detroit on this. Um, some of the games that Detroit has won, uh, I think Kyle said it a couple weeks ago, is like doesn't really reflect the how the game went because Detroit kind of lets off at the end of the third quarter like just kind of lets off the dogs. Um, I think the game will be close. I think these two teams are actually somewhat similar. I think um, Detroit's got the better offense, but I do also personally think that Tampa Bay's got the better defense. So I see it being close. Unfortunately, I think uh, Detroit pulls it out. If not, I'll be happy I was wrong. With Dallas and the Chargers – uh, I think Dallas is going to get a win this week. Um, 
I know Micah Parsons had a comment about, you know, that score doesn't reflect who we are. You know, we're still on the same tier like Nick was telling us earlier. Um, so I think they'll bounce. But I think I, I made this comparison with my dad the other day. Or to, actually, it was this, uh, today. Um, Dak Prescott is beginning to play like Jameis Winston. He is he is winning them games when he is playing well, but he is also losing them games, throwing three picks, not making the right decisions. So it's really just a 50-50 ball on if he's actually going to play well or not. So I think they'll bounce back and show that they belong, which they I don't really think they do. Um, but they'll get a a pseudo win this week over the Chargers. Um Indy and Jacksonville, not going to say much about this. I think Jacksonville's going to win. Anthony Richardson not being not playing is going to hurt. Love Gardner Minshew probably will dress up for him as him for the fourth year in a row for Halloween. But um, I think Jacksonville's coming away with that. Minnesota and Chicago. Um, I have to pick Minnesota on this. I think there was a short wick on that Chicago Bears candle and i think it's finally burnt out um i think the game will somewhat be somewhat close but i think minnesota is going to pull it out not really saying much towards minnesota i still think they're a disappointment uh but i don't think the bears are going to get away with another one this week and i like if 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 dj moore and uh justin fields keep the production that they had from this past week i'll be surprised and then finally, Washington versus Atlanta. And I am the lone one out on this one. I'm picking Washington. And the reason being is because I know Washington kind of got canned this past week. But or they, I know they got canned against the Bills. But I still think they've got a good team. I, I don't I, – I think they've – if they could figure out their offensive line troubles, they'd be a good team. And they, they would they possibly could be competing in that division. Um, so I think Washington's gonna sneak one out against Atlanta. I think they will do enough. I think Sam Howell has another great game. I'll be honest with you, I think he has a great game. Um and they pull out a four or five point win. So I'm gonna use your argument earlier in like episode two or three. Mm-hmm. If if the Commanders can't beat the Bears, how are they going to beat the Falcons? I agree. Defense agree. is a big one, but we'll see. Yeah. So, moving, moving on from our game predictions, going into our highlights uh, and, and lowlights of the week. Uh, we've got some, we've got some good ones this week. Um, <laughs> first one, uh, first highlight is Zach Moss. I've got the stats pulled up right here. Zach Moss, 23 attempts rushing for 165 yards uh, with two touchdowns. And then nothing on – no, actually had two receptions for 30 yards uh, receiving. But dude played a great game. It's like Jonathan Taylor announced his new deal, and he was like, hey, I'm still here, and I'm going to prove that I can still play. So Zach Moss had a great game this past week. Um, so in terms high of if you play fantasy. Sell high. <laughs> um, our second highlight, and I'm going to let BB take this one away, is Desmond Ritter. BB, you go right on ahead. Desmond Ritter had his first 300 yard passing game. 
And I'll be honest with you, I didn't think the Falcons were capable of calling that many pass plays. Uh, but I noticed this week are they're starting to actually like trust like Kyle Pitts and Drake London on those fifty fifty balls. And they're not just calling just like, you know, hand off to Bijan, hand off to Bijan, play action pass sixty yards down the field. They're actually kind of spreading it out, running more spread mm-hmm. offense. So I was impressed. Uh, I got I knew we were gonna win the game after the first play of the last drive when we got like a big chunk play. Uh, it looks completely different from what he has been. From do, the do you still think he lied on his resume to get the job? Uh, yeah, but he gained experience through lying on his resume. <laughs> <laughs> like Oh, and our final highlight is uh, Justin Fields. Anybody want to take that away? No? Okay. Eight touchdowns through the last two games. That's about it. He, he's Justin playing Fields good. Has, Justin Fields has more touchdowns through two games than Desmond Ritter does his whole career. I'm glad you related it back to Justin or Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Um, a, yeah. Well, I mean, just to look at it right here, I mean, he didn't have a great, like, I guess, passing average. Uh, he was 15 and 29, but out of those 15 attempts, he had 282 yards, so, and also four and four touchdowns. So one question I would have for BB after seeing the performance of both those quarterbacks this past weekend, I know like BB was sharing a bunch of sort of uh, catastrophizing Falcons fan theories about uh, the Falcons trading for Justin Fields. After seeing Ritter's performance this past weekend, would you still consider that trade if the Falcons wanted to go after Justin Fields? I mean, uh, personally, I think I think they're probably about the same same skill level players. Uh, Justin Fields is definitely more mobile. Um, it made more sense for the Bears if they could entice uh, Caleb Williams away from USC because I think he still don't know if he's going to go to the NFL or not, depending on the team he gets drafted to. And for that, it wouldn't make sense for the Bears to pay two quarterbacks first-round money when I think Desmond Ritter was a third-round draft pick. So he also is, you know, the seller's a lot less. Uh, but honestly, I kind of like Desmond Ritter more than Justin Fields because I think he's starting to finally understand the offense. And if you if you trade Justin Fields, it's going to be back to square, you know, round zero. Have to get to the same growing pains we've been going through for the past. Um, eight games. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, and that will lead into our lowlights. And one of the lowlights this week, it's a mixture of uh, on-the-field and off-the-field antics. Uh, Evan Neal, the right tackle for uh, the New York Giants, he made a comment basically calling all of the Giants fans burger burger and hot dog flippers, just talking down about their fan base, and just got absolutely bodied by a New York radio host. He was sitting there like just saying, these people pay your salary and just talking about his play, which has been abysmal. And the guy was just saying, <laughs> the guy was like, if you see him on the subway, boo him. If you see him walking to his car, boo him. And that leads into his on the field play, which has been abysmal. He's just letting people run right by him. Nick brought up a highlight the other day where he was like, he was blocking uh darren waller in the back (laughs) yeah darren waller was sitting there trying like like caleb said they they had brought darren waller into pass block for a second all of a sudden you see just you know evan neal come out of nowhere and dry hump 
Darren Waller <laughs> in the back and flings him five yards. So that's his best block of the year on his own player. Yeah, so Evan Neal is catching hell in New York right now, and uh, it's not not just from his play. It's, it's from everybody. Uh, our second... Uh, our second low light right here kind of encompasses about three or four quarterbacks. Uh, it's the we we said the overpaid quarterbacks, but these quarterbacks have just inked new deals and they are not panning out. Specifically, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Daniel Jones. So, uh, Kyle, you want to take it away on one of them? Yeah, I'll go into um, Jackson. He, I mean, he was threatening to sit out the season he was demanding a trade because they wouldn't give him a deal and everything. And they give him this and he, I mean, he's been terrible. You, I, I think we could all agree. We expect Jackson to get at least 25 plus rushing yards. I mean, I, I wouldn't agree with you in saying he's terrible, but he's definitely, he's not met he bad expectations. Game. Like he said, and, but he's and below, he's okay. below what they're paying him. I, I would agree with that. He's definitely playing below what they're paying him at this point. Um, but one thing I would also point out is they lost J.K. Dobbins. So, you know, that's a significant loss. He's having to put the rush game a little bit on his shoulders a bit more than he should have been. Um, but at the same time, though, I I, I think of, of all the guys that we have selected for this topic, um, I think he's the one that's, uh, I would say, the – the best looking of all of them. Uh, and, and there's still plenty of football for him to make up for it. I just, I, I, I'm not trusting his short game with his passing either. He is missing receivers on short passes. And that's never good to see in any kind of quarterback. I can understand the deep ball every now and then, but the short game, you got to be great on that. Well, and remember, one of the things, too, about the contract holdout wasn't even necessarily the total agreement. It was about the guaranteed money. So there is less, like, incentives. There's there's less, like, you hit this milestone, you hit this milestone. So that's that's the thing that comes into play is, like, I'm not saying he doesn't feel like he has to play. Obviously, these guys are competitors, and they're going to they're, they're gonna go out there and compete because they want to win a Super Bowl. But, like, there's, it's no sweat off of him if he doesn't throw for an average of 275 yards a game or three touchdowns a game. That's not sweat off him because he's got more guaranteed money now. Um, another guy is, uh, uh, is uh, probably the most shocking guy on here, I feel like, is Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow has just been abysmal this year which i know nick i'll let you go into this but uh it sounds like he's not 100 percent. no and the coach admitted it um he was talking about you know joe burrow is nowhere near 100 percent. he's not taking the reps needed during practice so it's it's throwing his timing off and at first i thought it was a cop out and then i, I you know seeing it his timing is off it's not that he's just making inaccurate throws there the timing of the throws like the receiver had just cut on the route and the ball just passed it's it's not that he's being inaccurate because i mean you saw last week you know with his connection to jamar chase he did really well and so it, it's really not a thing of is the talent there it's just can you stay healthy so right now i mean i 
we're getting to the point where you can't say it's too early in the season to tell because we're five games in. So we're getting close to that midseason look. And at what point, if he's not healthy, do you sit him and pull a Rams like they did last year with Matthew Stafford? I think we've already talked about that on previous episodes where you just let him get healthy because he is I, – I still think Joe Burrow is worth every cent and, and compared to other quarterbacks. It's just you need him healthy. You can't play him at 50% every game and expect 100% Joe Burrow. You're, you're not going to get that. So yeah. that's where you, you've got to, you know, kind of rest him. So, yeah. And then our final quarterback that we'll talk about right here is uh, Daniel Jones. Trash. That this, man, this terrible. Is, is that bad. man should be taken to jail for stealing all that money. Like, yeah. he is, I think they need I to think, either in, yeah. increase his Adderall usage or lower it. Zooted. He needs some Xanax. I think you could argue this is the worst QB contract with Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a but fair. I was, I was wondering why he got drafted when he did. Uh, he was like a top three pick. And I, I, well, I, you, I heard you, a lot you remember of his? Yeah. So, so at that point in time when they drafted him, like I think a lot of the buzz that was going around the Giants were okay. So he's a Cutcliffe product, just like uh, just like Eli, just like Peyton was. Comes from um, the same camp. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that was the thinking is like, okay, we'll put him behind Eli. He's got a quarterback that you know was was brought up the same way with the same coach. Let's take full advantage of that and let's let Eli mentor him. Then we saw that Eli turned into a dumpster fire and that's whenever they had no other option but to turn to Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones, he is just – it's not even his play that's so abysmal because if it was just his play, you could argue – you could make all the arguments about them having such a weak offensive line. It's his attitude. Like when he goes on the – when he goes on the – sideline he just like gives up like did you guys see the uh, clip of brian dayball this was last mm-hmm. week this wasn't this this wasn't this past sunday but the uh i think it was the monday night game last week and that guy he's just defeated he's just given up and looks like mac jones out there exactly yeah, that, so that, that post is also on the jeb board twitter at jeb board <laughs> yeah, so that, that I mean, we've all said what we need to say about Daniel Jones. He's definitely the most overpaid quarterback because he is—he's fleeced New York Giants. He's fleeced them, absolutely fleeced them. And on I the have, flip side, just to just well, to kind of play devil's advocate, go ahead, Grayson. Well, I was I just going to say I, I haven't I haven't uh, said everything. I, I don't get this notion of everybody saying that he is a running quarterback because he's not. He's not a running quarterback. Everybody says, oh, Daniel Jones can run. No, he flees. He is running away from the defense. He's not an athletic guy. He's not going to put someone on skates. He just sees a gap open. He sees nobody within a 30-mile radius and runs straight forward. And let's not forget when he got into wide open space last year, year before, and literally tripped over the turf monster, okay? He is not a mobile quarterback. He's not a running quarterback. He is a guy that finds an opportunity to run away from getting hit. Yeah, he's not a starting quarterback. I could tell you that. He's more like a practice <laughs> squad quarterback. So, yeah. Nick, well, you had something to say? Yes. To play the flip side, talking about the contracts, just a reminder that Brock Purdy is on a four year, $870,000 
<laughs> contract and look at him. Future MVP so, Brock Purdy. Yeah. He's getting eight hundred seventy thousand a year. You want to talk about stealing? They're stealing from him. Do you think that, when, his con- when his contract comes up, do you think he's going to ask for a lot of money or be like, "Nah, man, just give me like a million, I'll stay. I think it's going to be no, the they're Brady route. A lot. I think it's going to be the Brady route. Like they're gonna they're gonna keep him happy, and you know they're gonna give him enough money to make him happy. And Brock Purdy, like he's already exceeded his own expectations for how he was going to do in the NFL. So, Mister hey, Irrel. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he's he's gonna be just like Tom Brady was in New England for the longest time, to where you know he's gonna enjoy being a part of such you know. I'm it's way too soon to call, but you know if they end up making a dynasty, he that's what I would imagine Brock Purdy's thinking about is he wants to be a part of something that's gonna leave a, yeah. leave a legacy on football. And I, I agree yeah. with you, Caleb. I can see him making his money through endorsements, commercials. Things like that. I mean, and yeah, if they can yeah, keep bringing in that talent for him, I don't think he's going to worry too much about what the team pays him. He'll get his money somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Name a hot supermodel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's going to be the he's going to be like a they're going to turn him since he's Mister Irrelevant. They're going to turn him to like the poster child for like underprivileged kids. It's like, look, guys, <laughs> I was drafted last in the draft. Look what I can do. And you've got this like malnourished seven year old that's like just asking for a piece of bread to eat. So yeah, and then, I, uh, I, and then when his races out. run in San Francisco, he'll wind up in Tampa Bay, and Tampa yeah. Bay will go to the Super Bowl once more. I can't hey, believe I'll take it. I can't believe he was picked last. He was. I mean, did y'all see his college stats? That dude he was, was slinging he, it. Uh-uh. I don't think he was that good. Yes. He was bad. No, he was dude. Bad he was at Iowa State. It, didn't I, like I saw it a clip since Kyle? Hold on. Brock, he was Brock. a project. I, th- I thought I thought they played Iowa and Iowa outscored them. They did. Brock Purdy was not nearly this good in Iowa State. He had twelve thousand passing yards over how many years? Four years. That's good. Three thousand a year average. I mean, he's Actually, his sophomore year was his his sophomore year was his best. He had four thousand that year. So he so, uh, so last two years. Honestly, I mean, he didn't do that bad. First year, sixteen touchdowns, seven interceptions. Second year, twenty-seven touchdowns, nine interceptions. Third year, nineteen with nine, and fourth, nineteen and eight. I mean, I I think that's a pretty decent stats. I don't think it's deserving of a last round. Last pick of the draft. He had a 66% completion percentage in his junior year and 71%, uh, 72 uh, his senior year. Passed for 32,000 yards. His thirty 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 two thousand 3,200 yards. 7.8 yards per attempt. And uh, had 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions uh, his senior year. I will just say there are a lot of quarterbacks that have looked much better in college than Brock Purdy in college. But but do you think he's a seventh round pick though, Nick? I could see him as a fourth round pick. He has no arm. Easy to say that now. Yeah, we have the benefit of hindsight now, Kyle. Yeah, Uh, I just I I don't I think those numbers are worth. I remember late fourth, early fifth. Like I remember Brock Purdy in college getting all the hype, and then Iowa skull drugged them, and then mm-hmm. when he was up, yeah. that's what I. Hey, that was hey, don't make fun. Of, 
Iowa's an explosive Iowa offense that everybody loves. Okay, explosive. Oh, this was like three Iowa offense. They were, they were like, oh, they like scored it. a touchdown on offense. The Iowa yeah. offense. I never said the explosion was good, but you know, very. Yeah, more like <laughs> a dud of diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, and I guess that finally gets us to our third low light, uh, which has nothing to do with the NFL. Um, but we had to say it because this is probably the dumbest thing we have seen in football so far this year. Mario Cristobal in Miami they had the game one against Georgia Tech, and it was third down, and they were trying to run out the clock. So normally, if you're trying to run out the clock and you have the game one and there's enough time to do it, what do you do? Under 40 seconds. Under 40 seconds. Under 40 seconds. You kneel the ball. Well, Mario Cristobal thought it was a good idea to for them to run, run a running play. And their running back fumbled. Georgia Tech scored three plays later, and Miami lost the game. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, I don't know if it makes me a bad person, but I can't tell you how many times I rewatched the last 40, minute, 40, uh, 40 seconds of the game because I was just relishing every moment of it. Like... It's just, I don't know, there's some kind of arrogance you see whenever something like that happens. I mean, it's the most boneheaded call we've seen in the college football season so far. Oh. And I'll just, and, and another thing is, it's stuff like this that feeds into the t-shirt fans. It is stuff like this that feeds into the t-shirt fans and makes them feel like geniuses. Because they'll take something like this and they'll say, well, why would you run it? Why would you run it? Anybody and their mother would say, why would you run it? Like, and all of them think that they're smarter than Mario Cristobal now because Mario Cristobal turned himself into an idiot. I believe it. And like, the thing is, (laughs) what blows my mind is that this is not the first time this has happened to Mario Cristobal. He hasn't nailed the ball once this year. He He doesn't give up. He needs to be sued (laughs) for malpractice as a football coach. We have a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, we do. Name redacted. I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think what's even funnier though, um, rewatching yeah. it from the replay, I think he was down. No, and he wasn't. Uh, no, he wasn't. I, he, I, I think I watched it four times. He no, they put the ball when he when he's down. He didn't have possession ball. I'm not. I he was down too. I'm not defending Miami though. Uh, In my no. opinion, I thought he was down. And like, but and just like UFC, hold on, BB. Goddamn. <laughs> Anyways, BB is <laughs> BB's vibrating right now. <laughs> this is just like UFC. You never want to let it go down to decision. You yeah. want the knockout, or you exactly. want the submission. All you got to do is kneel, and you got it. It's it's determined one hundred percent. Don't leave it to question. And so, even if he was down, they didn't call it that. So that's, I mean, you kind of reap what you sow there. BB, would you like to add on? Uh, yes, I do. I would. Uh, in his post game presser, he said he regrets nothing. Oh my gosh, no which is the most stubborn ass shit I've ever heard in my life. He said like, he says he said in Oregon he said that Nian's like giving up. I'm like, well, you should have given up because you would have won. I'll, I'll say it's even more embarrassing for him that it was even that close to Georgia Tech in the first place. I know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's shameful. 
Oh, well, I, I don't know. That's, that's that ending is pretty embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that would happen to South Alabama. I would not be on this planet anymore. <laughs> be back underwater. I'd be back <laughs> yeah. In be, water. be in his sensory deprivation chamber, 30, so, 36 miles underwater. Yeah, life which is, a, which is uh, Will's belly. Does does anyone <laughs> see enough. Mario Cristobal outlasting this season? No. Well, no, he shouldn't because people are going to start transferring. Well, If I saw my coach do that, I would enter the transfer portal. Did you see that one guy crying on the sideline saying, what the f- uh, are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to say it, commit, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about What's Caleb for a second, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I've done that, I've done that at Tom Drew, too. But uh, the thing is, though, is Miami's going to beat somebody random, and then they're going to, he's not going to get fired because Miami now is just used to mediocrity. Really. Mediocrity. Yeah, honestly. I think that I think you could say that that's their entire culture is a mediocrity. Like they're they're gonna beat Clemson for some reason whatsoever, and then they're gonna sign Mario Cristobal for a ten year contract extension. The uh the word is mediocrity, BB, not mediocrity. That kind of sounds like the movie <laughs> Idiocracy. Yeah, that's why I was saying that their whole game Mario culture Cristobal's is an mediocrity. Idiot, idiot. <laughs> um. All right, so I guess since we're already talking about college football, like I guess we're already in the segment. Um, let's go into our game of the week or games of the week this week. Uh, we had two. Um, I know most of us agreed on the first one, and then uh, our Pac-12 an analyst that stays up till 3 a.m. to watch the games, Kyle, um, chimed in with this one, which I don't disagree with. Uh, but the first one is o- Oklahoma and Texas. That game was a fever dream. At The mm-hmm. first seven minutes was just a fever dream. Um, Banger. Yeah, it was it was a great game, just a back and forth game. Like go like it was it was great. And then the the ending was fantastic too. Like it was it kind of reminded me of the it was it, it was the antithesis of Ohio State and Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. Yes. Instead of it being a clean game, there was just chaos. Yeah, and I, I still like what I said earlier in the last episode. The loser of that game will win the Big 12, so I think uh, Texas is a lock. Um, but that game, it it had highlight plays that overshadowed the poor play. But I I think I think Oklahoma will lose one game, yes, and then lose the Big 12 um, to Texas. I think Texas will go undefeated throughout here. But from this game, though, I think both teams have a lot to take away from it, though. I think it was, even though Texas lost, they're still in the top 10. They're not out of anything. This wasn't a condemning loss to them. And Oklahoma, you know, this is kind of signifying how much they've come back from because they were a six and seven last year. So this is just kind of showing the relevance of them being put into the SEC next year, they they were trying. It was chaotic, and it was sloppy at times, but the effort was there in the game, which made it a great game. Right. Yeah. I, I think you saw just about everything that makes college football so great in that game. Like, even when, like, you, like Grayson said, even whenever the playing is a little sloppy, that passion and energy is there, especially in those rivalry games, especially in a rivalry game like the Red River rivalry. Wait, Wibble Wobbly. 
The wet wibble wobble. Say it three times fast. Yeah. Uh, side note: uh, Travis Bernard just hit a two-run homer. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I turned the game off and I flipped it back on. So yeah. Um, T-shirt fan. <laughs> we're losing four to nothing, brother. Yeah, I, I can't um, turn mine back on because last time I turned mine on, it, it my internet hated me. So. Reds um, aren't doing too bad today. <laughs> uh, they're in, they're uh, in the. Uh, Cancun Cup. Yeah. Uh, Cancun going Cup. to our going to our next game here. Uh, we're going to go to Kyle for this one since he actually stayed up and watched the game. Arizona versus USC. Apparently, that was a game a banger too. Banger. Uh, all right. So it started off Arizona up seventeen to zero in the first quarter. Um, I got cocky and cost Arizona the game. I apologize. I said they were going to win this when they were up seventeen to zero. Um, but man, what a great game, Caleb. Went out there and he does what he always does. He's going to call you, some I try. NFL GM their job. But um, came oh. back, let him back. I, I think he's overrated. I I really do. Uh, do you remember Johnny Menzel just going out there during games and just throwing up the ball and hoping for the best? Yep. That's what he reminds me of. And you can afford to do that when you have Mike Evans, though. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you can. But, you can. but to your point, but, I'm, I'm, t- I'm just – Shoe yeah, a mic yeah, game, so. um, yeah, but that—that's what he reminds me of. Um, I don't think he's clutch. I think when big games come up, he chokes, and we'll see that next week. We'll get into that soon. But with Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame's going to embarrass you because of this, because they have games like this against Arizona, which should be a blowout. <laughs> Say it, Nick. <laughs> Your face is turning red. <laughs> <laughs> going to our player of the week. Um, I think uh, we were all in agreement on this one. Jermaine Burton for Bama had a great game. Uh, nine receptions for 197 yards. Uh, I mean, just balled out. That's a, that's a 21.9 uh, yard average. Um, and also had two touchdowns. I mean, dude played phenomenal. Um, he, he is their deep threat. He is Bama's deep threat this year. He is their – that kind of their Jalen Waddle or Henry Ruggs or Devontae Smith or who you, whoever you want to throw in that category. He's he's turned into that that receiver this year. So um yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying he's as good as them, but he he, he is, is their, their number one, yes. Yeah, he is he is their deep threat guy that's gonna create space. I'm not saying he is definitely not on the level of those guys I just named off. Catching balls um, and slapping women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, not a menace. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to do here is we got a new segment that we're going to do that we thought about this past week. Um, we are based on the AP Top 25. We are going to do a tier list of the top 25 teams in the uh, in college football. So we got the tier list pulled up here, and what we're going to do is we're going to go through these. Like I said, top 25 teams. And for everybody that's listening and not watching, we apologize. We'll try to explain it as best we can. Um, but we have three different tiers. We have an average tier, we have a good tier, and then we have an elite tier. Um, also, Kyle specifically requested for a little circle over to the left uh, that said poo-poo. So we also have that as well. Um, so starting off, um, we will start with Miami. Uh, and oh, uh, another that real quick. 
we're basically we're going to go based off just like kind of the average of what everybody says so if somebody says elite somebody says average well they're going to get thrown in good and we'll try our best to kind of put them like in like if they're an upper echelon good team then we'll put them like higher on there if they're a below average team we'll put them like at the lower uh end of that tier so starting off we've got miami anybody want to lead off with this one poo 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 co- a coach and makes it poo poo idiots Bad average. All right. Their <laughs> big their big win is Texas A and M. I I say. Shit. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, my uh, fair, no, enough. It, fair enough. It won't let me uh. It won't let me put it inside the uh circle here. They're so in, I'm just oh, put they're it. in the orbit of poo poo. Yeah. There. Yeah. There they're it is. Be- they're below the poo poo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. There, there we go. Right there. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, second team is Kentucky. Um, good. 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 I would say Kentucky is a good team. Um, I know Georgia beat the brakes off of them this year, but oh. I think I think they just caught Georgia in the wrong week, honestly. Mm-hmm. Night yeah. game at Georgia, yeah. Um, Kentucky, I, I think he's – I think they're a good team. Yeah. They're better than average for sure. Yeah. Uh, Kansas. What do we think about Kansas uh, this year? Average. Average. Not not enough to sell about them right now. So I will say Kansas is an average team that has the potential to yeah. like spike and and beat a team like Texas. Yeah. Like because I can yeah. see that happening this year. If like they, like it healthy. always happens. Yeah. If Jaylen Texas, Daniels I would. Stay... Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. I was just saying when they bring in Bean. Bean is not good, so that makes them average. But when Jalen Daniels is there, I would say they're good. So you can't put them at good because Bean started more games this year just because Daniels can't stay healthy. Yeah, and and for me, when they were playing Texas, if Texas hadn't run away with that game like they had, um, I would I would have them in the good category based on that merit alone. But right now they're average, and I agree with Grayson. They can definitely exceed average and get into good though yep. yeah um this is going to be an interesting one lsu average good no no defense i'm gonna say Zero. good i'm gonna say good to stay in it like they did against old miss i i would say i would say good zero I, defense <laughs> so i'm gonna put him up right here under uh kentucky and good because i I honestly think they're. I think they are a good team. I just don't think they have any defense. I like. I, I know that's kind of like. Oh, then why would you put them as good? But their offense is literally keeping them in games. That's how good their offense is. So I think you can. I, I would say. Uh, is it fair to say if they had a defense, they would possibly be an elite team? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, for, sure. for sure. For sure. But and, also on the same vein, if uh, their quarterback goes down, uh, the wheels going to fall off. Yes. Yeah, but you could. I think yep. that argument applies to a lot of teams. Uh, for Every the same team. thing. Yeah, yeah especially but, Kansas. But like we just but, got I mean, done. No, no, no. I agree with you, BB. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, but I'm just thinking. I mean, he's been he's missed like several drives from games I watched where he just got banged up. Yeah. He doesn't slide. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah he um. Big. Notre Dame. I got. Where say we good. put Notre Dame at? Good. So I would. So me. I think Notre Dame's just had a bad. Well, no, they they lost to Louisville. They didn't. Uh, they got dumped. 
Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. And that's going to be fun when we start picking that game here in a second. But yeah, I would put Notre Dame like right there with LSU and Kentucky. I like, I think, I think Notre Dame's got a really bad habit right now of playing to their competition. I, th- I really just think that's what their issue is. Um, which <laughs> I think they thought L- uh, Louisville was worse than what they were. And that's why Louisville kind of curb stomped them. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's just a smidge. Yeah. Where are we putting Tennessee at? I honestly average. think they're an average team. Yeah, average team. I, that's that's yeah. kind of what I think. I honestly, they've just been underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. very. Yeah. They had a lot of hype coming from last season, and they have not lived up anywhere near it. Yeah, they just. I I don't know. It's it's like they they had the great season that they did last year. You know, almost made it to the SEC East Championship, potentially the college football playoff, and. Yeah, like y'all said, it's just it's very underwhelming from Tennessee this year. Um, Washington State, where are we throwing Washington State at? Put them at good. I would say yeah, good, but close to average. Um, and no. we're gonna see a lot when they play Oregon. Yeah, but I, I think I'm they gotta figure them, it out. Yeah, I'm putting them good, a little higher on the Wait. scale for good. Washington State University, Nick. Yeah, Not Washington. <laughs> yeah, well, Washington plays Oregon this week. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, you're right. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I think I kind of I kind of see Washington State almost in the same token as LSU. They have a great offense, defense not so great. Um, I would say their offense is a little bit worse than LSU, but the defense is a little bit better than LSU's defense, or a lot better than LSU's defense. Uh, so yeah, I, I would I would honestly put them in the good category right there with LSU. Honestly, I think that would be a fun matchup to watch um, yeah. with those two teams. Uh, UCLA. What, what, where are we putting UCLA at? So, I think they're average. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're like the opposite of LSU. Really good defense with zero offense. So, Iowa. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Duke. Where are we throwing Duke at? Average. I, yeah. I would say yeah. high yeah, average. High average. Yeah. They're right there on the cusp. Of yeah. being a like a, a a good or great team, um, I just I, I just don't think they have that yet. Yeah. Like they, I mean that uh, their quarterback is it, it, Riley Leonard. You know he's from Fairhope. He's a great quarterback, um, but it just seems like he's kind of their offense right now. Yeah. Uh, Utah. Where we got them? Good. <laughs> Yeah, they were. They, yeah, they were really high, highly hyped, and they have not lived up to it at all. I'm saying good. Uh, Oregon State. Oregon State um, was a physical football team. Yeah, I mean that. I I believe they lose to UCLA this week. I just I don't. How, how I'm not you? sorry, Cal. My bad. I I don't think they're that good of a team. And I had them in the playoffs. Yes, you did. And they've. Really disappointing. So it sounds more of a spite pick from UK, uh, Kyle. I I wouldn't even say that. Their offense is not good. They're hoping on their defense, but when they play an explosive offense, I think they're going to get embarrassed. I think Oregon uh, is going to do very disgusting things to them. Gotta have Cam Rising come back, man. I, like I, I gotta I, like they they they've got. They would be elite. Back. I honestly think there's an argument for them being elite with him back. Yeah. Um, Oregon State. I'm saying good. 
good. Uh, I agree. I think I think average on this one, though. I think they're both sides of the ball could use a boost. Well, what, where's everybody at on this? Because well, like, I can I see that. They beat Utah by 14 points and dominated them. So they, I mean, by our logic, and they got dominated by Washington State, though. No, they didn't. They got off by three. Yeah, well, but we it was said yeah, they came back on us. Yeah, they came back. Yeah. It was one of those things where we said Washington State just kind of stopped playing because they were dominating them. Yeah. Um. What about Louisville? Louisville's kind of put themselves on the map, I'm just saying. You can't put I've... them at average because they're undefeated and they just beat Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you got to put them at good. Yeah. You can't have you them do. under Notre Dame. Yeah, but same thing with that. Are they beating Tennessee? I believe so. Yes, potentially. I think. I mean, hey, they stunned Notre Dame. So yeah, I mean they they put it on Notre Dame, and yeah, uh, wasn't really a game. Yeah. Uh, what about Ole Notre Miss? Good. They're Good. Sa- same same Good. book as LSU. Good. No defense, for the love of God. Can we get some good defensive coordinators across the country? Well, they hired old Pete Golden. I don't know what they expected. <laughs> um, what about North Carolina? This what are we thinking one. of North Carolina? Here's, right here's my first elite take. I, I think they're elite. Um, I'm, not. I'm I'm riding high on North yeah. Carolina right now. Drake but... May, and you got to think. You know, one of our one well, one of our players of the week was their running back a couple of weeks ago. Was it not? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I would say high good float floating on this line right here. Yes. I, I would agree. say yeah. So I'm I'm gonna drop them right there. Ooh. I'm gonna drop them, I'm gonna drop them right there. I think they out of the every team that's left on this list, I think they are the lowest elite team like if there was a 12 team playoff and they were the last tier they would or they were there was one more spot they should get it yeah bama good they're just figuring it out but they're yeah. still iffy they're yeah. not elite yet I think, but they i think be. if we teams keep going by by the iron bowl they might be creeping where unc is yeah maybe i so my only thing with bama is i don't think they're gonna figure it out oh uh, well i mean Based I think LSU the will beat game, them. They've, they've flipped it at a 180. Based off yeah. the USF game. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Let's go, let's go yeah. Yeah. USF game. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, They're just, right now, they're, I don't know, like, their problems that they have, yeah, they've mitigated the problems a little bit, but they're still having the same problems. So and everybody says, oh well, you know they're playing SC- the SEC defenses and blah blah. And this SC- and like we've talked about, SEC sucks this year. The SEC is bad this year. Like, well, I mean, they- when you look, you got. Are you gonna go? No, I mean, go well, ahead. I'm, I'm waiting on you. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, I mean, their O lines has played infinitely better. Uh, I mean, the the sacks that were caused uh, this past week were scheme sacks. Like they would, nobody really got beat one on one. Proctor didn't. Hmm? Proctor didn't. Not according to Cole Kublik. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot. That's your go-to guy. Uh, well, no, man. Uh, I I disagree. Alabama Cole had twenty-three yards rushing on yeah, twenty-six they... attempts. 
Well, they're playing the best rush defense in the country. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is. I think it's the first time I've defended Alabama on this podcast. Man, all right, all right. We're, we're on the clock. We're on the clock. Yeah, you get these. You get these T-shirt fans on here. Yeah, man. Uh, every time. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Uh, By the way, had... guys, BB broke. BB broke the ceiling during one of the national championship games that Bama lost because he was so mad. So, uh, no, yeah. Phil's so happy. Yeah, they they won that oh, game. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> USC. I good. I'm gonna say they're good. Close that. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put them like right here. Like, I don't think. I don't think they're bad. I don't. I really don't think they're better than like a a Bama right now. I really don't think they're better than LSU or Notre Dame. Right I think now. the the most no. revealing thing for USC was how Colorado was able to sort of climb back into that game like they did. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what categorizes them as a good team. They're not a dominant team by any means. They got a good quarterback and questions everywhere else. My yes. my take on USC is they played down to their people that you know, like your Arizona State. But then they put it on when they play big schools. And so I think they're a team that could beat anyone in the country, including Georgia, any day. Does that mean they'll do it? No. But they have the capability, I believe. Um, Texas. Where we got Texas? Good. I would say good. Um, after that Oklahoma game, you know, we talked about how sloppy it looked. Um, Oklahoma's no slouch, too. Uh, oh, it's overrated. Both of Kyle. them. <laughs> overrated. I like Wisconsin. They, they have yeah, Wisconsin's the, dog. They have one of the sexiest wins of any team in the top 25 right now against Alabama. Granted, it was a struggling, a struggling Alabama. Alabama. Well, you let They're me so- talk, you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> so yes Bobby. i i literally I, you were <laughs> stating it as i was stating uh, all right, it. all right all right come on mustache let's go all right so <laughs> it was a struggling alabama team that's why i don't think they quite make it into elite just yet but they have that really good win they've been playing they've been consistently good up to this Oklahoma game. Um, you know, yeah, they came out a little slow against Kansas, but they pulled away with that and ran off with it. So I think you, it'd be a hard argument to say they're anything less than good. Let me put it like this. Every freaking year, they hype up the Big 12, and every freaking year, they get dominated. You know why? Because they're an average division with average teams. Texas, trash. Oklahoma, trash. Kansas, I like you, Kansas. I like your coach. I'm not going to talk too bad about you. What's (laughs) What's their coach's name? Lance Leapord. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's Lance Leapord. No. Leapold. Leapold. There you go. Leapold. But that is (laughs) (laughs) But, again, Big 12 every year, overrated. Just like I said in the first game, you always go say Oklahoma blew out the freaking West Kentucky University of the past Christian Christians, and then y'all overhype them and they suck. Let's go, they ball! Suck. Go, ball! What happened? Let's go! Austin Raleigh, two run bomb, putting them up. Five <laughs> four, baby. Let's go! Woo! I'm watching the back. I hate the Phillies so much. 
<laughs> back to our regularly uh, scheduled programming. Sorry. Um, hey, watch out. That ball might be coming through your window. I know. Shit, I got to watch, huh? Sorry, Caleb. <laughs> um, now we're at Oregon. Elite. 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 <laughs> They're dominating. Elite, elite, elite. <laughs> They're dominating, and it's not even close. Yeah, they got to yeah. be elite. So that brings us to our next team, Good. Washington. Elite. I think I think Washington's I think Washington is right here where I put Texas. Yep. Honestly, that's I, I was going to say beat the same. Oregon, thing. they flop, they flip. Exactly. We're gonna yeah. Um, and here here's a team. The next team we have on here that, that I really haven't been paying attention to. What what do we think about Penn State this year? Low good. Yeah. What? Yeah. Low They're good. Not, Low good. They're I wouldn't put low good. Here? They're in good. I wouldn't put low. I would put them next to Washington State. That's high good. Oh wait, no, Washington, Washington State. Washington State. Yeah. Oh, I would. I would say like right here. Yeah. 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 I would say I would that. Um, I think Penn State could beat Mississippi. I can. I think Penn State could beat Ole Miss. I mean, Penn State's probably one of the most consistent teams that's been here, though. They, they have not had any question in any of their games. I know they haven't played a huge schedule like they played Iowa, but you can't put it against them. You know, I wouldn't put them any lower than Washington. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, they're going to get exposed whenever they play. Um, you think everyone is going to get exposed except for yeah. the Pac-12? I think we need to. They got the best conference. Count on the podcast. <laughs> uh, two weeks they what? play Ohio State, though, and it's gonna be bad. <laughs> I think Oklahoma has to be good. Uh, they they have to be tied up with Texas in my eyes because that game was really really close. Um, I agree with Nick. I think Texas will win when they play again. Um, but they're they're like neck and neck as far as their competition. Yeah, goes. that's fair. Yeah, that's I that's w- fair. Yeah, I would say yeah, I would I would agree with that. Just uh, like literally right here beside Texas. Um I don't have them beside Texas cuz I ran out of room, but yeah, they're right there where Texas is at. Uh, what happened what, to North Carolina? Oh, they left. Poor guys. They left the building. Yeah, um <laughs> I, yeah, they they must have just played and it uh the the tier list readjusted itself. Um Florida State I know this is a kind of a controversy here. Um, I think our sports analysis said it best. They could be the next TCU. But have I think they're good. Yeah, I'm gonna put them right here because I yep. think they're. I, I, I think they're. they're I think they're. I think they're under Texas and Oklahoma. To be honest yeah. with you, I would agree. Um, Ohio State. Hi, good. Uh, just we, with Texas, just, Washington. Yeah, there we go. It's back. They're better than Penn State. That's for sure. Yeah. I would think they're low elite. Yeah, we so we can put uh we'll put Ohio State like right here. And then finally, I don't think there's really much up for debate on these two. Uh Michigan. Oh no, Kyle thinks Georgia's average. I fucking hate Georgia. They're good. I think Michigan might be better than Georgia this year. Yes, one hundred percent. I agree. So this did not go how I was expecting. I was Oregon, Oregon I dominating, was, baby. Pac <laughs> twelve. Yeah, who next? Yeah, I was expecting more. Um, Poo-poo teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was expecting more. Uh, 
elite teams on here. But I guess this is so. I guess as a consensus, <laughs> as a consensus, no. is this no. the in the college football playoff? Oh, no. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know if I would have Georgia in elite. Thank you, Caleb. But I, I mean, <laughs> they're undefeated, so. Well, they beat the second best team in the SEC East by 38 points. Yeah, with, uh, and that's why I don't think we can take them out. But a one-loss Georgia, I think that's what would really, you know, break them down to good. Yeah. You okay. think a one-loss Georgia team wouldn't get in the playoffs? No, I, I, I don't think, think it would. I'm just – I'm oh, okay. like, if we're, if we're making this tier list just know. based on our own eyes and just, like, who we think is the best teams, that's just sort of how okay. I look them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it depends when they lose. Of you got an Alabama going in against a Georgia with a one-loss Alabama, and they beat Georgia in the SEC championship. That's not going to happen. You don't no? think you don't think going to make it? I don't know who's going to make it yet, but I think it might be Ole Miss. Well, either either well, Ole Miss and Georgia play anyways there in the regular season. So that would put Ole Miss at two losses, and they might have a tiebreaker. Well, no, I, I think only one SEC team is getting in the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, moving on. Let's get into our game predictions. Start wrapping this bad boy up. Um, just for all intents and purposes, records are BB at 14 and 17. Pull up the rear yet again. Um, it's really it's, it's really weird because Caleb and Kyle are also tied in this one at 18 and 13. Um. And then me and Nick are tied at 23-8. and eight. Um, So, with that being said, let's rapid-fire these bad boys right quick. Um, let's start with Kyle, Oregon, and Washington. Start with that one. Yeah, I think a game like this you need to go with more experience. So, give me the 12-year senior Bo Nix to win it all. <laughs> uh, Caleb? Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Oregon on this one. Um, yeah. You know, Bo Nix is—he's gonna walk in on his walker, and then he's gonna ball out. So. Um, Nick. So I've got Oregon. Um, Michael Penis is going to throw an <laughs> interception or two, and Oregon's defense is going to be better, while the offense is also better. BB. Uh, quack quack. And I have Oregon as well. I can't I can't uh, argue with can't <laughs> argue with uh Kyle's logic on the twelve year senior. Hey, wait, um wait till Washington hears this. They're gonna play. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, they're gonna be livid. Uh it's wait till they personal. see where we have them ranked. Um <laughs> on the tier list. Uh Tennessee and Texas A and M, BB. Uh give me A and M. All right. Because I need to play catch up. Nick? And honestly, it's not that crazy. Pick. I like seeing some gamesmanship with the picks. I'm sorry, you're not Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Tennessee. Uh, it's going to be at Tennessee at night, and Tennessee still has something to lose while Texas A&M does not. So I've got Tennessee barely beating them. Caleb? Yeah, for the same reasons Nick just said, I got Tennessee too. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Yeah, uh, Kyle? I got the opposite reason for them. I'm going to go with Texas A&M. I think when you have nothing to lose, you're a lot harder to beat. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee. Uh, I just think I – th- I think A&M lost a lot of momentum and a lot of uh, morale with that loss to Bama. And I think Jimbo sold to win that game, didn't win the game, and now he's reeling. 
uh, still on the Jimbo Fisher getting fire trained this year. Uh, Miami and North Carolina. Let's see. Not going to let's. We're not going to waste a lot of time on this. Um, we all pick North Carolina. Uh, I'll do what I always do in this when we always pick someone uh, unanimously. How does UNC lose this ball game? How, how do they lose to, to Mario Cristobal in Miami? Uh, if they nail the ball, them. yeah, <laughs> they don't. They don't show up to the stadium. Yeah, yeah, that's turnover fair. chain. They die in a plane crash. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> my god, baby. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, USC and Notre Dame. Let's uh, let's start with Caleb on this one. I'm going Notre Dame. I'm thinking Notre Dame uses this as a bounce-back game because nothing would piss me off more than seeing what happened <laughs> to my team than Louisville. You know, yeah. uh, Louisville's good, not taking away from that. They played a great game, but, you know, Notre Dame, I, I think there's a lot more potential that we haven't seen. They, ha- they, they still have their best football ahead of them this season. Yeah. Uh, Kyle? Yeah, uh, Notre Dame, as I said before, USC is overrated, and it's going to really show this weekend. Uh, BB. Uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Nick, looks like you, uh, you're the outlier here. You mean the Trojans? The Trojans? The USC, again, I, I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. They play to who they're playing against. And when they play big games, they show out. They, I still think USC will lose a game this season, but it's going to be someone that we don't expect like an Arizona state, but they're going to show out for Notre Dame and Notre Dame slipping. Yep. Uh, I picked Notre Dame too. I think that they're going to, I think they bounce back right here and I think they beat USC. I think they kind of show USC's a, a little bit of frauds. And uh, I think this is where, I think this is the game that USC gets exposed when they face a little bit more adversity than, normal with uh notre dame and then finally with cal and utah i'm just gonna go right quick i've got utah um i'm still holding out that cam rising is gonna play this week and i feel like if cam rising when he when he comes back they don't lose another game um bb i got utah all right uh nick oh and they they're coming off a bye week so they're again i've said it every time we've talked about utah Cam Rising is supposed to be coming back this week, <laughs> so we shall see. But I honestly don't think it matters, though, against Cal. Um, Caleb, Utah, for all, right. all the reasons everyone said. And then finally, Kyle. Um, I got Cal. I think Cal's one of those sneaky teams that can pull off an upset. Um, and I think you're more likely to see a unicorn than Cam Rising. So, let me get California. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that will transition us into our everyone's favorite segment, except in some countries. Uh, Kyle's <laughs> out of pocket pick of the week. Uh, Kyle, what is your out of pocket pick of the week this week? Go ahead. So I'm gonna pick a team that started it all with my three streak going on right now, baby. Let's go, Bandy against Georgia for the sole reason that Georgia plays down to their competition. They let off the gas pedal, and it's a 32.5 spread. Bandy covers probably about 28 points. You're getting cocky, Kyle. I can't really. 35 nothing halftime score. What? 
You're getting way too damn cocky, man. What? <laughs> man, y'all y'all talk smack about this every week, and it happens, baby. Yeah, Except for the first this, two weeks. Those were my mulligan. Those were my mulligans. I hope you had fun with this streak and made the most of it while you had it, because there ain't no way in hell Vandy's going to cover that. Oh, uh, they will. Yeah. Georgia, Vandy, after winning Vandy, big like that, they're going to come off slow. And that's just how it is. Uh, I'm telling you right now, this has 35 nothing halftime written all over it. I'm speechless. <laughs> Vandy has beaten Hawaii, Hawaii? and the Rainbow Warriors. A&M. They do it. What? Put trust in it. Listen, guys, I have Uh-oh. led you to the light these past weeks okay trust the process kyle you gotta know when to fade yourself bro trust the process damn it i was gonna ride with kyle after seeing that i think uh i'll sit this one out i thought you made nick quit (laughs) Uh, nick we thought kyle made you quit but your arrogance you're muted doing overheart i want to Holy shit. The glasses are off. Uh, B- uh, BB, you're putting it on get we ball. Uh, Slip. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a little too out of pocket for me. Nick, <laughs> Nick is turning Cincinnati red right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Two more outs. Um, and then <laughs> finally... <so> <laughs> Finally, with our upset watch of the week to end everything. Our upset watch for this week, guys, is Syracuse and Florida State. Syracuse is one of the um, one of the better teams in the ACC for what it's worth. Um, the game's being played in Tallahassee. What what does Syracuse do to beat Florida State in Tallahassee? Uh, I think, you know, each week we keep wondering, like, what game is Florida State going to lose? What game is Florida State going to lose? And this... This one has that kind of feel to it. Uh, I think if they come out, they can't turn over the ball like they've been doing. If they keep turnovers to the minimum, they can win this one. Yeah. Well, they'll definitely have to get something done like that. I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, they got beat 40-7 to against North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, def- offensive has elite got to Huh? That's an elite team. Yeah, so they have got to get something started on the offensive side. I mean, they're, they had, it looks like, maybe 70 yards rushing and 129 yards passing. And um, two, two of their three is high, highest rushers were their two quarterbacks. Well, so, Schrader, I don't know if – I think we've already talked about this. He's older than Bo Nix and has been in the league longer than Bo Nix. Yeah, and – He was at Mississippi State. Back when I think 20. Let's go! Bryce Hopper's an idiot. Sorry. Sorry. Braves win 5 4. Trader old. Yeah, well, like I was just, and just to add on to that, like he's old. They got to be able to, they got to be able to run the ball. They got to establish some of offense. So. Well, all right. Well, I guess that ends a very chaotic episode of the Jeb Board Podcast.
uh i think we're all we all need to go get some sleep i think uh we're um struggling at this point so mm-hmm. uh make sure everybody at home uh, make sure you follow us on uh, apple Podcasts, spotify youtube go check out our twitter at jeb board and go check out our instagram jeb underscore board underscore podcast and until next time guys as always don't get hard counted chop on baby <laughs> <laughs>